and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. This is Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. All righty. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon on a Thursday. Des Moines this Sports is. Station 106.3 KXNO. Look at you. You're one for one over there. <laughs> Off on the right foot, TC. Uh, welcome to the program. We talk sports for the next couple of hours and glad to have you in with us on this snowy Thursday. BMW Des Moines guest list shapes up like this. And I'm really excited to talk to Matt Snyder. We both love baseball. Mm. I love the hot stove, maybe more than you. But I think you do. Uh, I'm going to uh, be into this. I know you will be as well as we'll talk to our buddy Matt Snyder who joins us weekly uh, during the baseball season. Uh, we'll catch up on the hot stove league to start things off at, uh, toward the bottom of the hour. Lee Sterling, his final appearance with us until Super Bowl Thursday, where he will be back, but he's got a handful of games that uh, he'd like to uh, express his opinion on, and we'd be glad to hear it. We'll do so coming up here uh, in about uh, 10 minutes before noon. 12.15, you Vikings fans, your voice of your team, Paul Allen, will be with us. Always look forward to PA when he finds time for us here. Uh, so PA will join us here coming up about 12.15. And then I wanted to talk to Sip for a couple of reasons. Stephen Sipple on 3 Media, of course, over in Lincoln. Uh, Bill Moose, the former athletic director at Nebraska, Sip and he have a pretty good relationship and have had. Of course, Moose hired Mike Leach and uh, Moose and Sip just, I guess, spent a considerable amount of time and Moose was just regaling some of the stories uh, of their time together at uh, Washington State when he hired Mike Leach. So we'll do that and we'll catch up where the Huskers are at. Not for a long time, but wanted to uh, bring him in here today. And then four of you will get an opportunity to win some barbecue from Claxon's Claxon's Barbecue in Altoona, 3131 8th Street Southwest in Altoona. How are you? I'm doing well. Got a little extra walk-in yesterday as I was hanging out with my Basketball partner on the air, John Lamb, and uh, his courses program with Beyond Ball and in your basketball high school, high school basketball. Yes, gotcha. And I thought uh, you'd already replaced me. It went so well last week. <laughs> no, that's, not at all. Okay, not at all. He uh, he was well, doing something though for a lot of people in our community, and he walked from his gym, which is over in Urbandale, mm-hmm. across the city, all the way to Altoona, and ended at Prairie Meadows. Wow. 17 did miles. They, did they have a police escort or anything with no. him like that? And he was dribbling basketball. There were a lot of people with him throughout the time. And after I got off, it's went over. The thing he picked yesterday, not today. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Timing, it worked out incredibly yeah. well. But dribbling the basketball across the city raised enough money for 400 coats for kids. That's awesome. Yes. Well done, John Lamb. Yeah. How long has he been doing this? This is the first time. And uh, I'm guessing yeah. there'll be a second. Absolutely. A lot of people that have reached out. So just an absolutely really fun event, a great idea uh-huh. from John and helping people. And he, out. this was, he, he just decided to do this yeah. on, uh, on well, a he whim? was thinking because his gym, he's got kids from all demographics. Sure. He got, you know, the suburban kids yeah. that mom and dad, they pony it up and hey, John, help work with my kid, work on a shot, work on his dribbling, whatever yeah. it is. And then there's the underprivileged kids mm-hmm. and, and the guys that he helps out and the young ladies out there that he helps. And, you know, they have scholarship type programs for the people that don't have the financial backing. But so many times at, at this time of year, he sees these kids walking in, and oh, maybe geez. they got a hoodie on. Yeah. That's it. 
Yeah. And don't have a coat. So, yeah, 200 coats uh, raised awesome. enough money for that. And how much did you walk? I uh, walked the final mile with him. Yeah, so made the, made the final walk. He was so about So you finished. were there for the glory. Well, absolutely. That's <laughs> right? the way you got to do it, right? No question. No, it's just time because he started in the morning and had to wait till obviously, after the show. So got over there, met up with him in Altoona. We, uh, we made the final walk, dribbled a little bit, and always fun to catch up with John mm. and talk about everything going on. That's good. 200 coats, and you can still donate. Just go to Beyond Ball, and uh, you can find the link there for what was just an incredible event called Crossing Over the Cold, Dribble Across Des Moines. That's great. Well done, John Lamb. I wish we would have known about it. Maybe we could publicize it. We talked about it last Did week. Did you? Good. Yeah. Yep. Good. John was I mean, that deserves um, mm-hmm. a fair amount of, uh, of coverage. Glad to, glad you did that. Good stuff. All right. So a couple of things. Let's just, uh, just uh, I want in the interest of fairness, Roland Stories put out a statement pursuant to the cheerleaders yesterday. KCCI... Uh, and I'm not sure if they were alone or I, that's where I saw it. KCCI had a story on the uh, cheerleaders and the fact that they were told that they were given an ultimatum, whether you're going to cheer for Bloom. Uh, and if you don't, you can quit. Um, and then they walked it back. Well, Roland Story today has put out a statement, and I'm going to read it verbatim. Uh, Roland Story Community School District has issued the following statement. The school district is aware that there's a rumor circulating in our school community regarding the Roland Story High School cheer team. The claim is the cheerleaders were given an ultimatum that if they did not cheer for a wrestler that they did not wish to support, they would be removed from the team. This, te- this claim is not true. Uh, through ongoing conversations in a second meeting with the cheer squad, we were able to clarify that there was no ultimatum and that members of the team do not have to cheer if they were uncomfortable. So they're calling it a rumor. Um, it was, I mean, I, I said it on the air yesterday, mm-hmm. but I got it from KCCI and, uh, you know, who, who knows? Uh, but, they, but they've shot that down. Uh, I see Knoxville has decided to, Knoxville wrestling team has declined the opportunity to wrestle oh, in really? the meet there next week. Wow. So you just have to wonder. Anyways, that was yesterday's show. We move on unless there's some uh, other uh, breaking news or further information that comes out, uh, then clearly we would follow up. But I just, I mean, I, I said my piece yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, you said yours. Um, and uh, I didn't certainly change the way I felt. I'm guessing you didn't either. But until there, if indeed there is anything more come out, we shall move on. So it was a, um, thank God there's football tonight. I mean, yeah. this has been a brutal week. You know what I watched last night? And I couldn't turn it off. Not that I wanted to. I was looking for an excuse. I'm going to guess you were watching 208. You were watching Iowa Western in the JUCO National Championship. I was not. I was That's watch- where I was. Were you? Yeah. I was watching the Minnesota Wild because they were wearing the North Stars. Yeah, I saw sweaters. the colors. I saw they scored early, too. They real did, quick. Really yeah. early. And uh, Ryan Reeves, who was brought over to be Ryan Reeves, the toughest guy in the league. Mm-hmm. I mean, that entire roster plays an inch or two taller, every single one of them, just knowing that uh, that he's on the bench. Uh, but it's just the jerseys, right? Man, yes. God, that was a solid look. So good. Bring it back. They should bring it back. Even if you want to put the crest on the on the um, on the way that this color scheme was uh, fashioned mm-hmm. uh, in the uh, back in the day, it's just. I don't like the Wilds uniforms. I, I don't like the color combination the with the red dark and green. green. Yeah, yeah. And Christmas Christmas colors. Yes. Coupled with yeah, the best name in hockey. The yeah, North Stars. It was just, great. It was a great name. It was a great logo. Everything else. Yes, I understand when you grow up in your formative years, mm-hmm. you love the logos from that era, and I absolutely do, but mm-hmm. the name should have never left. It no. should have been like the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. The name stays back. Yeah. When they went down to Dallas, you could be the Dallas Butt Darts. I don't care mm-hmm. what you are. You're not the Dallas Stars. Mm-hmm. It is the North Stars. That name stayed. Yeah, the New Orleans The New Orleans Jazz should be playing in the NBA right now. <laughs> yes, They should be. Yes. Utah Jazz. Makes no sense. How idiotic is that? <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. And another one. So, well, 
up the dial back in the day. We used to have Jimmy B's crappy NBA minute. Yeah. I give him a minute to talk. Right. You can have a little bit more minute here, but catch us up for us non hockey guys. What's kind of happening across the league? It, Wild have played better. They, Terrible they, start to the year. They had a bad start to the year. Uh, they got some of their guys back, and they bring in a guy like Ryan Reeves, and that this team will not get pushed around anymore. This toughest player in the league. Now he doesn't have it. No, he's not a skilled player. If it, if he was he's a goon, he's a goon. Um, he's a goon, and I, I kind of hate to say that because <laughs> I mean, he grew up in Winnipeg. My, okay. my nephew and him grew up together, oh, played really? hockey together, good friends. Wow. Um, but yeah, but he's just, he had an empty, they pulled the goalie last night, and he's coming down the left side with nobody in the net, steps over the blue line, he shoots, and missed the net. It sounds like maybe you got a connection to get us some center ice tickets sometime. If we're well, Joe make O'Donnell. You know, we got that too. I would think. You know, we've talked about this for how many years? When are we actually going to do that? I don't know. It's tough to get I know. Ankeny. It's to Minneapolis, though. I know it's wintertime. Uh-huh. Maybe we're looking at a spring date towards maybe. the end of the regular season. Maybe with the Twins back. Yeah, make, make a one-two combo. That, that would be we got to make that happen. I would like to. I, um, I've never been but, to a wild game. I've been to one hockey game. Where, where did NHL. you go? Where did you go? The old Met. Oh, did you? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. Good. Like 89, 90, something oh, like the, that. The seat, pad, the seat <laughs> colors. and eh, What a dump. Back. And now it's a shopping mall. Yes. Now it's a shopping mall. So your Jets are pretty good. Yeah. Vegas, are they the best team in the West? I mean, I know they have the most points, but... They're really good. They're really fast, and they once they get all their guys back, yeah, I watched them. They beat the Jets the other night. I saw them in person last week when they played the Rangers. Uh, Rangers beat them. Boston's uh-huh. been incredible. Boston's amazing. Boston might be the best team in the league. The story right, my, right now going on is Alexander Ovechkin. Mm-hmm. Is he scored his 800th goal. And on now, a hat trick? On a hat trick, yeah. yeah. Uh, and now has, I think he's like one behind Gordie Howe. And then... Is Gretz- he going to chase down Gretzky? He's got eight. Gretzky's got 800. 894, I 894. think. 894. There you go. So a couple more. So he's got the rest of this season. He'll probably get another 20, 25. Mm-hmm. And then a couple more years. Yeah, probably. He's got a chance. He's one got of my a chance. favorite stats in professional sports, though. If you take away all the goals of Wayne Gretzky, I know, and just just have the assist, yeah. he would still be the all-time leading scorer. It's, incre- it's incredible. Yeah. I remember him telling a story once about when it was one of his one of his boys when they were still school age, and it was show and tell day, and Gretzky was the Gretzky kid was going to school, and you know he's going to ask, "What does your dad do?" Blah blah blah, and was he any good? And he's, Got a, yeah, I got some records. Well, what rich records do you have, Dad? All of them. <laughs> <laughs> and he does. He, he does. Anyways. Uh, so what else is going on? You know what? I spent my drive coming into work, and it wasn't bad. I mean, how was the drive to you coming? It was good, yeah. It was, I mean, it's, it's rain on the windshield. Or, yeah. um, but it, was, it wasn't terrible out there. Now, what I'm, I don't want anybody to say, well, the guy in the radio says, fine, and go out there and drive like a maniac. Mm-hmm. It's not like that. Um, but I was trying to think of, you know, maybe something to that we can sink our teeth into. And it dawned on me that we're approaching the final couple of weeks of 2022 mm-hmm. and trying to think, what's the biggest sports story of the year this year? In the state of Iowa. In the state of Iowa. Well, Okay, so we go back to January, and we're in basketball wrestling season. Let, let me stop you right now, okay? Because if you can find it, I think that this was a. I don't think there's. We might be missing something completely, right? I couldn't think of anything. 
Nothing at all. The, the the biggest story of the year to me was Iowa State going to the Sweet 16, That's especially huge. when they yeah. were where they were picked. Yes, and after the season that they'd had previous. Right, and TJ, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. That to me, and then I'm thinking... Okay, that's a good story, but where would that wouldn't be the story in a lot of years? It's pretty good, pretty good. Uh, Iowa winning uh, the Big Ten tournament and then getting uh, bumped mm-hmm. in the first uh, in the first game of the of the tournament by a bad uh, by a bad team. On the list, what else are we missing? It's not a banner year. Well, we get into, obviously, the spring and summer. There just isn't a whole lot. You got baseball, softball. There was no ridiculous story, anything like that. Anything at the Drake Relays? I'm the wrong person to ask on that I'm the wrong person to... (laughs) Yeah, maybe somebody could help us out there, but nothing certainly jumps to mind. Mm -hmm. So basically, kind of fast forward through the summer, Mm -hmm. we get into football, Disappointing year for Iowa State, yeah. a disappointing year for Iowa. You and I had a disappointing year. Drake mm-hmm. wasn't very good. All right, college football is kind of crossed off the list. I, there isn't a whole lot of meat on this bone. There it's, isn't. It's probably the Iowa State Sweet I 16. I think it is. Brees Hall, if he would have been a first-round pick. Mm-hmm. You know, Ending breaking the drought. Up. Ending the drought might have been on the list, but he wasn't. One he? on the high school level, and it's kind of, the, I mean, we're really grasping at straws here, but... The announcement by the Iowa Girls Union for the first time in a long time that they added a sport. Now, it doesn't come into fruition until this year. January is when we'll see the first ever sanctioned Girls State Wrestling Oh, tournament. I see where you're going. Okay. But they at least announced it, yeah. added an extra sport. So mm-hmm. that announcement, it's huge. I mean, you just look at participation numbers on the girls' side already in the sport that is going to continue to grow. I saw something yesterday, this year, in the first year of sanctioned girls wrestling here in the state, Already the third most in the country behind only Texas and California in terms of participation at that level. Not surprising considering the state that we grew up in or live in, you grew up in, uh, and a lot of your listeners obviously did. That'd be one, but it's just, yeah, you're right. There's We're probably not a missing lot of something. meat on the bone. 284 5966 if you have anything. Yeah, and I just, I think it's the, I think it's Iowa State going to the Sweet 16. You know when you when you couple it with how bad it was, um, in Prom's final year, and TJ gets here and and asks his guys to commit to the defensive end of the floor, and we didn't know too much about the roster. Certainly didn't know Brockington was going to have the offensive output that he did. I think that might lead the way. I think that might lead the way. Now, when it comes to Iowa. Um, Winning the Big Ten tournament in Indianapolis, that's always a feather in a cap. Uh, then getting bounced the way that they did, I, I don't know. It's well, just, the most talked about story what, what it been? had to be just Brian Ferentz and the ineptitude yeah. of the Iowa yeah. offense. And yeah. That was, yeah. and we look at the podcast numbers, we see our numbers, and that was something that certainly generated a lot of traffic. Did we, cra- we tra- crack single digits? <laughs> We're well past that. We're, uh, we're well up in the... In the uh, we got good numbers. No, I know. I, I, just, I just tried to teach you. <laughs> uh, let's get Jeff in here. He wants to opine, although not on that, but uh, he's always welcome to join. Welcome. What's on your mind today? Well, quickly, um, I don't know if this is an Iowa story, but what about, and it could be early, what about Brock Purdy? And what about if you know he takes the 49ers to some high limits in the postseason? Would that be a pretty Iowa story? It's, oh, yeah, absolutely. yeah, absolutely. I mean, yes. uh, so, and, he, and he can start tonight by taking another step tonight. And assuming he plays, right. do you know, Trent? Banged up. Do you know, Jeff? Ribbon a week. Ribs. Ribs. Yeah. He's questionable. The line's still out there, three, three and a half. But the, the story will rise if he plays mm-hmm. with injury 
and he carries them to a victory to a Seattle team that is kind of almost a must-win. So the Lord of Brock Purdy will rise more if he comes out and grits out a win without the you know without seeing well as well. So um, I I would say Brock Purdy, and I just want to put a bow on this story. Kind of switch Which sides. One? I told well, I told Trent so. I got the rear ended yesterday, or I would have called in yesterday. But um, <laughs> the story, you know, of the story, you know, with the wrestler. Yeah. I don't really want to talk about um, him. Um, really, it's more of it's not just at the high school level, guys. It's we have professionals hitting women. We have professionals doing, you know, um, doing really sinful things, and you have you have kids who see these things. And they think it's okay because you see these professionals, I don't know, get suspended for eight games, get suspended for a year, uh, and then yeah. they come back and play. So I'm not what I'm what this what this uh, kid. He's not a professional. He's not in college. He's not a professional. He's a kid. He made a oh he made a unbelievable mistake, and he should be punished. I I think we could all agree on that. Yeah. But it stems it stems farther than that when these when these kids see their idols beat women that I think is one of the worst things you can do when, or you possibly, I don't know, convict a, a huge crime and then they don't get punished. I think that's where it really stems from. And, and, and that's the last thing I want to say with that. Um, if I call back or if I don't, I hope you guys have a really Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and I'll uh, talk to you soon. Yeah, back at you, Jeff. I uh, love hearing from you. You're welcome anytime, as you know. Um, yeah, I mean, there's it's, it's points well taken, and that was there's kind of where I was going. Go it's, it's a societal thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's yep. bigger than just a rolling story story, and this is where kind of the jumping off point. But the big picture part, you know, why I brought up the depth chart. Do you know who the 49ers backup is? Speaking it's Josh Johnson. Josh Johnson. You know where they got him? He was on Denver's practice squad. Oh, was he? Yeah, that's how I knew because they plucked him off like two weeks ago. It feels like he has been around. He has, Trent. I think he's played 11, with 11 teams. 11 teams? I think he has. Look him up on Pro Football Reference. Just a competent backup, a guy yes. they can have there. Not good enough to be a uh-uh. starter. But made a ton of money. Oh, absolutely. A ton of money yeah. in the league as a backup. Some of these guys that have been, and more power to them. I'm not being critical of them. I mean, look, the Sage Rosenfels made a yes. boatload of cash. Uh, be, being a backup for the most part. And when called upon, Seneca Wallace made decent money yep. as a backup in the league, uh, when, when he was, uh, when he was playing. Um, 2009 yeah. when his career started. 2000, so, so give me the, li- li- well, let's count them. I'll use my fingers. Well, I got a different list that has also where he was on practice squads. And this thing is just absolutely ridiculous. So started in Tampa. Okay. Well. Uh, then San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Cleveland, mm-hmm. Cincinnati, mm-hmm. back to San Francisco, okay. back to Cincinnati. Okay, still four. Went to the Jets. Five. How about the Colts? Six. A little Buffalo for them. Seven. Baltimore. Eight. The Giants. Nine. Houston. Ten. Oakland. Eleven. Washington. Twelve. Detroit. Thirteen. Back to San Francisco. Thirteen. Uh, then back to the Jets. Thirteen. Baltimore again. Uh-huh. Your Broncos. Fourteen. And now one final stop in San Francisco. That's bananas. He's played in half of the league. Well, he hasn't played, but he's been at well, least on the on practice. The, yeah, right. Yeah, right. He, 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 he's got a check if he. He's got a T-shirt from that many sure. teams. He's got gear. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it would be now. Now to, I'll say this as well. I I saw him in preseason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was preseason. Yeah, right. And um, it was going to come down to it came down to him or Brett Rippon, and they kept Brett Rippon because he's younger, I think. Um, but he was okay. He was okay in the uh, in in again preseason. I understand, uh-huh. uh, but Russell Wilson didn't play. Johnson started a lot of those games. Maybe Russell Wilson should have played upon further review. So with 
all the practice squad where you're not making the bank you would no, just yeah. being you know, right. signed to a contract. Throughout his career, now 14 seasons, he has made $8.5 million. See, I would have thought it would have been more. Yeah. Well, what like, did Sage make? Oh, that's a good one. Because, I mean, you look this year, San Francisco, 311000 With Denver, uh, his signing bonus was 100000 He signed for $62,222. Mm-hmm. So, again, numbers that that's are different than what we're used yeah. to. Yeah, Sage Rosenfeld. What was it? What? Okay, yeah, move on. Let's get Sage safe. Rosenfeld career earnings. What's he, your guess? My guess is, well, now it's now it's not as high as it was going to be because uh, I, I was going to say ten. I was going to say ten. So I don't think it is that. Now that you tell me what Johnson, I'll say six, six million. All right, looking through, they don't have it all added up on that contract. Less money, less than four years, six million. I cannot find in the uh, breakdown and kind of added all together, just kind of a breakdown of things. Pro Football Reference have that? Yes, they would. Well, they should, but they have it for baseball. They do, yes, and I've found it many times there. Not seen it pop up. Yeah, unfortunate. All right, I'll I'll continue my googling and see what I can find here. But yeah, Sport Track usually is the one that has. Yeah, everything they normally do listed completely, and for whatever reason, Sages is it just looks completely incomplete, different. huh? Yeah. Um. All right. Well. Played for played for a while, got a lot of jerseys in his own right. What was his career? Did he have eight or ten? I think maybe, uh, maybe eight. But look, there's there's a number of these guys that fall into this category, right? Matt Castle been around a long time. Um, oh, there's bunches of them. All right, let's get Dave and Ankeny. Dave's been patient. We appreciate him for that. Uh, we're gonna take a time out after Dave. We've got to talk some baseball. Dave, welcome to the program. How are you? Hello, Dave. Yes, how are you? Good. Um, I didn't want to forget you were talking about the big sports uh, things of the year. What is it? Help us out. Keegan Murray going number four overall in the country. Good one. Yep. Pretty, pretty good good one. Stuff. Good mm-hmm. one. Good, really good one, Dave. Uh, yes, absolutely uh, should be on the list. Um, yeah, uh, that's a good one. Thank you for that, Dave. Anything else? No, we're good. Thank you. All right, Have thank you. Appreciate it and appreciate you listening. Yep, that's on the list for sure. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, Fourth one that we kind of missed. Yep, yep. As we were just speeding mm-hmm. past the summertime, is there a chance? Speaking of that, speaking of Murray's, mm-hmm. um, with Chris, if it if it lingers, is there a chance? Do you know where I'm going here? Is there a chance we don't see him? He's got an mm-hmm. NBA future, I think. I mean, ba- based on last year, mm-hmm. I don't think so. I hope you're right. I don't see this being a shutdown situation. Mm-hmm. Iowa kid, mm-hmm. and it's not like his draft stock is that good. No. If he had the kind of season a year ago and decided to come back, he's got unfinished business, you know, one of those kind mm-hmm. of stories. Yeah, maybe. But I don't think if he sits out the rest of the year, well, he's still a locked first rounder. Yeah. I don't think he has that kind of tape. I don't think in what we've seen out of him, he needs to add more to that mm-hmm. resume to mm-hmm. get to that point. So I don't believe so. Good. Couple with the Cedar Rapids kid. You know, grew up, yeah. obviously, dad played for Iowa. Yeah. I think that's different, too, where it's different for different people. Don't know the way exactly he clicks, but I don't think that's going to be the case. It's still weeks away, mm-hmm. is what we continue to hear. So if, we, if we get it to February? I don't think so. Good. I, I don't think so. They need him. I got one more for you. Okay. And i uh, got to do this kind of quick, but Fardaz Amok. Remember that name for this summer? I remember you talking about him, yes. He was one of the transfer portal superstars in college basketball. Uh-huh. Played at Utah Valley. Iowa was in on him, correct? Yes. Yeah. Iowa was amongst his top five, basically, through the recruiting process. Okay. Arizona was Was Iowa involved. State involved or no? Gotcha. Okay. At least 
there, I don't know, there wasn't anything mutual. I don't remember, at okay. least when you're kind of talking about his top five. Iowa was involved. That was before their collective got up and running. Oh. Arizona was involved. Texas Tech ultimately got him. Now, he hasn't played this year. He broke his foot, and he was in a hard cast for 12 weeks. He is out of that cast now, and he's being pushed very quickly to come back. That's the kit that they're talking about? That feels he's not ready to play? Yes. And that Adams wants him on the floor, mm-hmm. and that's why he's leaving the school. Yes, he thinks he is being pushed more and to play I didn't faster put two than and he two is together. physically ready to do it. Okay. Not only that, though, mm-hmm. that collective, one of the reasons he signed to Texas Tech is the money that he was guaranteed. Apparently, there is some problems right now with the Texas Tech collective. There is one of their big boosters that mm-hmm. invested a lot of money into this collective. Him and Mark Adams, the second-year basketball coach for Tech, yep. are not on speaking terms right now. Oh, boy. And the speculation is that he is withholding funds, and that's leading to Amok not getting the money that he thought he the was other going kids to get, th- but the locker room. In fact, there was something I saw last night on Twitter. Again, it's just Twitter. But Fran Fischilla. Well, Fran Fischilla talked about that. We'll get to that one in a moment. But there was somebody that said there's a real possibility everybody on that roster will leave after the season if this Isn't is not right. Something. So do you think that this is for Schilder? He didn't He didn't say the school. Right. He just heard that there's some problems out there as far as NIL when it comes to bat. And, and I saw it because Cappy retweeted it. Yeah, this is what Frischilla said. I'm hearing that some talented college teams are starting to crack because of NIL payments not being made on time, NIL promises not kept, or jealousy amongst teammates. Not a value judgment on NIL. It's just human nature, the new normal. So that's from Fran Frischilla. Very locked in. Obviously, the Big 12. That's a great point. He is the most locked in. You connect some dots there. Mm -hmm. Is he talking about Texas Tech? That's as this is happening. Well, you say, well, what's the big deal? You know, if... Even if Iowa gets back involved with Fardaz Amok, it won't be until next season, right? He'll come in second semester. He won't be eligible yeah, until yeah, next yeah, December, right, like Trey right. King. Aha! This comes from Stock Risers, a college basketball recruiting site, and Jake Weingarten, a verified account. I know you like that. Yes, I do. He's got the blue check. So he mark. didn't pay? Fardaz Amok is eligible to play this season, a source told Stock Risers. He can transfer and play right away this season. How? I don't. I, I get immediate eligibility, right? <laughs> right, right, right. But when you transfer in season, is this the direction we're going in college athletics? Look, <laughs> I have been all about the changing landscape, we like and it. evolving, yeah. and more player empowerment. Yeah. yeah. But are we getting to this? It might point? be, but that's a bridge too far, maybe. Right. Well, think of this: second se- semester starts early, or a semester ends. Yeah. What's stopping Georgia, Michigan? TCU, Ohio State, going out and getting a couple extra dudes to play in the college football playoff. If we're going to allow this, yeah. won't we be allowing the exact same thing? I think that's where you draw the line. But well, well I, 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 uh, Heather just sent me a text. A Sage signed a $6 million contract with the Texans. So he might have made close to 10 Oh, yeah, absolutely. If that's the case. Didn't didn't he have his worst game as a Texan? Didn't he have a couple of fumbles in one game? Is that what it was? Yeah, there was. Um, I I think I think I'm pretty sure it was with the Texans. Anyways, we'll take a timeout. We'll come back. Going to talk some hot stove baseball. And couldn't got be nine from the Vikings. He had nine million from the Vikings. Yeah, we're talking. Yeah. So he's made way more than I thought. Oh, yeah, we're looking. So Josh Johnson needs to change. He should have had Sage's agent by the sounds of things. Well, Sage is always on the active roster. Practice squad's a little different. No, it's a huge difference. Huge difference. Wonder uh, What's the comparison? How many games they each played? Oh, that's a good one. Well, that is a good one. Let me see. I've got Sages right here. I'm going to find this before okay. we go to break. Do I have it? No, I've got his big 12 stuff. 
Um, 44 games in his career. Sage played? That's what Sage played. And Johnson? All right, Josh Johnson. Let's bring him back up here on the tab. Uh, 13 to 16, career stats, NFL.com games play 37. Mm. So they're on the same same area. Matt Snyder joins us next. Uh, baseball conversation. Lee Sterling is here uh, before we run out of hour number one. Paul Allen, the voice of the Minnesota Vikings, 1215. And Stephen M. Sipple, oh, and Claxons. It's Miller and Condon on a Thursday, Des Moines Sports. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Station 106. Which home selling team? Oh, it's good to hear this music again, TC. With the snow flying. Really? Miserable. Welcome back. Miller and Condon are on Des Moines Sports Station 106. It is December, right? It is, yeah. Uh, 106.3 KX. I know, but I'm uh, softy. Uh, let's get Matt Snyder in here, CBSSports.com, a little hot stove baseball league going on. Matt, how are you, Trent and Ken? Thanks for doing this for us. I uh, love this time of year. How are you, Matt Snyder? I'm very good. Uh, I guess my only issue is I don't have like a 13- or 14-year contract, so I'm feeling a little <laughs> left out. It's unbelievable, right, the length that uh, some of these <laughs> contracts were. How? Um, who, what's been the biggest shocker to you? I mean, where did I'm not saying you fell off your chair because we're talking about pro athletes breaking the bank, but what what was the one signing that made you go, "Wow, I didn't see that coming." Was there one? Yeah, Bogarts to the Padres oh. for 11 and 280. Um I I just I thought that they in looking at their payroll and where they've been in the past, I thought ownership was going to kind of put the clamps on Preller and if he had a little bit of money to play with, I thought it would be for the rotation uh, behind Darvish, Snell, and Musgrove, which, by the way, that's a great big three. But mm-hmm. looking like Nick Martinez is their four, mm-hmm. maybe Adrian Morihan coming back off surgery would be their five. They need the rotation depth. Getting Fernando Tatis Jr. back along with Juan Soto Machado. Soto hits free agency soon. Machado has an opt-out after this year. I just didn't think they would go huge for a position player like that. So, uh, yeah, that that one was where I kind of – and it was in a happy way. I was like, wow, this is really cool. But, yeah, that was the big one to me. Carlos Correa, 13 years, <laughs> $350 million. I got to watch him for a full season this year with my Minnesota Twins. The Twins were involved. Ultimately, he goes to the Giants. I saw a lot more pushback, and I think it's the 13 years. People are scared yeah, off by yeah. that. Same thing with a guy like Trey Turner, Xander Bogarts. Mm-hmm. But, Matt, if you can explain to the people that are trying to wrap their mind around it, kind of the reasoning behind it with the luxury tax threshold that teams are more willing to stretch these things out, even knowing, yes, at late 30s, even early 40s, these guys are going to be diminished players. But ultimately, it's about thinking about that decade as a whole. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. It's, I mean, ultimately, the biggest takeaway from this offseason so far and maybe we started to see it a few years ago with Bryce Harper in the 13 years, but I don't think it fully came to fruition until this offseason with Correa 13, Trey Turner 11, Bogart's 11, even Judge with nine at his age and his size uh, being an outfielder instead of the other guys I mentioned are shortstops. 
um, these teams know the players are not going to be productive in the last few years of those contracts, and they just don't care. And the biggest thing is, even if you front load those deals, which I don't have all the salary breakdowns in front of me, and that none of, it, it might be the case that none of them are front loaded, but just to illustrate the point, even if you front load a contract and are barely paying a guy anything by the end of the, the contract, uh, so let's say you're paying actually paying a guy $40 million this year, but the average annual value of his contract is $25 million, you only count $25 million against the luxury tax. So okay. it looks to me like these teams are gaming the luxury tax system mm-hmm. by signing the guys to extra long deals. For example, the Padres probably are only planning on Bogarts being a main part of their plans for seven or eight years. And so that's kind of how, yeah, we'll pay him 280 over the course of seven years in their minds, but we'll put it for an 11-year contract, and he'll be under contract through age 41 <laughs> just so it's a lower hit on the luxury tax scale. And I think that's kind of the way things are going. And since we just signed a new CBA back in March, the owners can't do anything about it until the next CBA negotiations. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see if we continue to head down this path and at what point Manfred steps in and says, ah, no, 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 no. Hmm. Because there was a report that the Padres were going to try to offer Judge something like 15 oh. years and $400 million, hmm. but there was the thought that Manfred would step in and say, no, 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 no. You're not signing a 30-year-old to a 15-year contract. <laughs> so it'll be interesting to see how much teams try to push the limit and where it is. When Manfred finally says, "Hold on, I have to step in here," found a loophole and drove yeah. right through it. Good, good for them. So uh, I know you are you, you you cover baseball, but you're a baseball fan, and your team is the Cubs. And where we sit, they move the needle more than any other team here uh, in the market. Having said that, we were under the impression that this was going to be, uh, you know, what Cubs fans? Yep, we had to we had to pay the tax, if you will, uh, for a couple of years, but we're getting back into it. We're spending some money. We're going to invest in this team. We know it t- costs a lot for you to. Come and visit all ballpark. We're getting one of those shortstops, and we're going to be aggressive. Cody Bellinger, I get the signing. I hope it works out. Um, Tyon, mm, what's going on? I, I don't think that's moving the needle and doing anywhere near enough. Uh, maybe, maybe we our expectations. Our Cubs fans' expectations were were too high. Well, uh, the long answer would take me about a half hour, and I'm not going right. to do that. You've only got five minutes. It would be expletive late. <laughs> yeah. The short answer is I have no clue. Oh. So I'll try to get somewhere in the middle there. Here, here's what I don't understand. The Stroman and Suzuki signings last year, the Tyone and Bellinger signings this year, if, if you're going to make those moves, those are supplemental moves to either a farm system, that, that like the last time the Cubs came around, whereas Rizzo just came up, and then you had Bryant, and at the time, Russell, and Javier Baez, and Jorge Soler, and then you supplement it with a John Lester type, and even Ben Zobris and Jason Hayward at the time, which looked like it wasn't going to be that bad of a signing. It, it, that all made sense. This, Where are the big names to, to accompany these these supplemental-type moves? Um and I guess Bellinger's a former MVP, and he's still in his prime, but there's a reason that he only got a one-year deal there, and there's a reason that one of the best-run organizations in baseball non-tendered him and the Dodgers. So it, it, these are all supplemental moves, and if the big move is still to come, like Dansby Swanson, I, he's just not a needle mover the way mm-hmm. Trey Turner and Dana Bogarts and Carlos Correa are. Uh, and, and to not even be in on Judge, at, at least just to see what's going on there. Uh, they should be in on Carlos Rodon, in my opinion, and you haven't seen their name in, anywhere there. What what are we doing here, Jed? I, I don't know. Like I said, I 
My short answer is I don't know because, like I said, going back to last season with those two signings, going up to this season with those two signings, those seem like supplementary moves to something a lot bigger, whether it's a prospect wave, signing some superstars, or a combination of both. They've got neither. They don't have a big wave of prospects coming that are top-tier prospects. They don't have a bunch of superstars on the way that they're signing. So what are they doing here? I don't know. I'm I'm pretty angry about it, as you can probably tell. It's terrible. <laughs> and some disconnect, Crane Kenny, and saying mm-hmm. Jed Hoyer's had yeah. money to spend. I mean, that's the thing. Like, well, You guys got to get together, too, because you've got your head of business ops going on the, the radio and telling <laughs> a bunch of fans, we have a truckload of money to spend. And Jed didn't even spend all of it last year, by the way, so he can spend even more this mm-hmm. year. I mean, it just makes Hoyer look terrible. I, and, and maybe he should. Maybe that's the business side saying, hey, why aren't you spending all this money? And, and if so, why is Hoyer scared to spend all that money? Why is it so scared to, to go out and offer Carlos, Carlos Correa what it's going to take to get him there? Because it's not going to break the bank as far as the Cubs are concerned. They have plenty of money. They're printing money. Tom Ricketts is trending on Twitter, and Jed Hoyer was earlier. <laughs> yeah, for those reasons, right? Let you go on this, Matt, and a really cool article that you have up on CBSSports.com really yep. talking about the way that the, authentic- the authentication process that happens in every game, from spring training all the way through the World Series, and just the amount of work that Major League Baseball comes into. How did you come up with this story? Is what tripped your trigger in going down this path? Because a really interesting look inside of baseball. Yeah, I, it was during the the Judge and Pujols as they were getting close to the milestones, and I wondered about what balls were marked and how they go through the process, and I have a contact with Major League Baseball and asked him about it, and he said, hey, are you traveling at all this postseason? And I said, yeah, I'll be at the World Series. He said, hey, I'll be there, um, and the authentication team will be there, and we'll meet up with you. And it was before Game 4, which is, I think I included that in the story. Yeah, cause, yeah I included that. It was before the, the no-hitter coincidentally that I talked to the guy and then sure enough we had a no hitter that night so he sent me a picture like here's the final out ball and we're authenticating it right now um it was just fun to to go through and there were so many stories that they told me that I didn't get the chance to go through just because you know I'm not going to write a a 30,000 word opus on the internet or anything but uh thank you so much for mentioning it sincerely um I was really proud of it and it's one of those things that a lot of times we'll spend so much work on something and then hardly anybody reads it. And then we'll spend two minutes on, Hey, a rod was just shown on the football broadcast and then a million people read that and it can get frustrating. So thank you for mentioning that. But yeah, it was really fun to put together and, uh, just hearing them tell stories about they authenticated like the bug spray that they used on Java Chamberlain wild. in Cleveland. That's and, wild. And stuff like that. It was just, yeah, it's, it's really cool. And the roots are with an FBI investigation and like, Tony mm-hmm. Quinn in San Diego seeing a ball that was supposedly autographed for him by him in the Padres team store, and he said, "That ain't my autograph." Yeah. And that's kind of where it all started. No, so good it stuff. Was pretty fun, and hopefully more people will go read it. Yeah, absolutely should. CBSSports.com. Uh, Ten seconds. You can give me a Christmas present. Thumbs up, thumbs down on my Blue Jays off season. Yeah, kind of in the middle, maybe so mm. far. You're killing me, <laughs> killing me. I feel like Sorry. I just got coal in my stocking. <laughs> Good stuff, Matt. Thanks for doing this. Uh, appreciate our, our relationship with you. Have a wonderful holiday, Matt Snyder. Thank right. you. Take care, guys. Yep, good to talk to you, Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com. All right, Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports has a handful of games that he's going to let us know on how he sees them. He's next. It's Miller and Connor, voice of the Vikings, Paul Allen, in 30 minutes. Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. Let's and tater tots in the evening.
Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back. Let's get right to it since we're running late. It's Lee Sterling, ParamountSports.com. His final appearance until the week of the Super Bowl. Uh, ParamountSports.com for Lee. Bowl season starts on, well, tomorrow, actually, does it not? It does. It's a doubleheader. Uh, and Lee joins us. Lee, Trent, and Ken, thanks for doing this. Just, just, just to start things off, uh, sure. Lee, with you, just, I mean... It's so difficult, right? Uh, this morning, uh, Aiden O'Connell, quarterback, 3,500 yards. Yep. He's up. Yep. He's out. Charlie Jones, 110 yep. receptions. He's out. Second leading receiver, Payne Durham. He's out. That's all this morning. How do you bet these games? I, I, it normally takes me two days to do all the bowl games. I just basically sit in my office and study them. This year, I usually have two computers. I have three computers open, all the tabs open for the opt-outs, uh, watching tape on backups to get familiar with a backup if you didn't play much. Mind-boggling. It took me three and a half days. Yeah, I guess if you're going to yeah. do this for a living, you got to do your homework. Completely different world. Well, we know that the yeah. scene will be beautiful. Who will be there? Oh, we'll my. see. Utah, they are favored against Penn State in the Rose Bowl. So, Utah completed the same season daily double with the wins over USC. Give them credit here, but without Tavian Thomas at running back, Dalton Kincaid at tight end, a couple key offensive and defensive linemen, I think they're up against it. Penn State runs the ball extremely well. Nicholas Singleton, Catron Allen, I think Penn State's the right side. Should be a good game, though, 31-27. All right, Alabama yep. off to the Sugar Bowl we go. Alabama's used to playing in the college football playoffs. It's Alabama, it's K-State. K-State, I know they want to be there. Does Alabama? Alabama's a three-point favorite. Motivation, so big in bowls. And uh, their coaching staff's been all over the country the last week, 10 days. So that's number one to them. Whether they win this game or lose, it's not going to change whether guys come or don't come and what people think of them. They were four points away. Uh, both on the last play and one and three point losses, but Kansas State wants to be there, and that's important in bowls. I think Deuce Vaughn's going to give them some fits all day long here. I like Kansas State. Wrong team favored, twenty seven twenty six. Wrong team favored. Let's go to the one that well should be intriguing in our state, but it's not <laughs> Iowa. Now a favorite against Kentucky. The Wildcats were initially the favorite here, thirty one thirty one and a half the total out there. I love the total, love the under in this one. Who's going to score, Kentucky and Iowa? Wow. When, when I saw they were playing again, different venue, really? I'm like, wow, this is bad. Yep. Then all the opt-outs. I mean, we know who's not playing, you know, the quarterbacks, the running backs. I mean, it, the list goes on and on. But there are a couple other things that you got to factor in here. Mark Stoops fired his offensive coordinator after just one year. We know he's not going to hire Brian Ferentz here <laughs> as a replacement. We're sure of that. Uh, at least I am, and uh, I'm going to look to the best unit. And and even though Kentucky's defense, they held five opponents to season-low yards, Iowa's defense did the same, and I think they're just a cut above here, and I think revenge plays into it a little bit. And Kirk Ferentz, 6-1 and one against the spread with revenge off a loss of seven or more points. The Wildcats head coach, Bob Stoops. Uh, Mark. Uh, Mark Stoops, yeah. Just 4-9 and nine against the spread versus an opponent with revenge. Give me Iowa. Barn burner, 13-7. <laughs> Barn burner. Sounds indeed. like too many. <laughs> it might be a little high. Uh, let's get to the playoffs, and this yep. will be the nightcap on New Year's Eve. Boy, what a dinger this is. Yep. Beach Bowl. Georgia's a six-and-a-half-point favorite over the Buckeyes. Third time Georgia's played in this building 
uh, last time just a month ago in the SEC championship game. I love what they do with their three running backs. They interchange them, play to their strengths. C.J. Stroud had a really good year, but against the top two defenses, Notre Dame, Michigan, not so great here. And uh, Stetson Bennett, unless he throws two or three interceptions, I think you ride the Bulldogs here. Georgia, 37-17. Laying it with Georgia. We wrap things up. The confluence of Big Ten and Big 12 for us here in our market. TCU getting north of a touchdown against Michigan. Yeah, uh, great story. Uh, TCU going from 5-7 to 12-1. Back up, you know, Max Duggan started the year. Wasn't even the starter. Then he ends up becoming the Heisman uh, runner-up. So impressive. I mean, he was incredible in a loss in their last game in the championship game. But I think Michigan has the better offensive line and also front seven here. And I think TCU is going to have to hit on some big plays and play air-free ball to have a chance. I think they're probably just going to be happy being there. And how about this? Conference uh, opponents that, that ended up losing their last game, losing the championship game when they allowed more than 23 points per game, 0-4 straight up, 1-3 against the spread in semifinal games here. Michigan just looks hungrier this year. Last year, they were happy just getting in the game against Georgia. Michigan by two touchdowns, 34-20. And we wrap it up with your play of the day. If the folks want more information, it is the Citrus Bowl. LSU is about a 10.5-point favorite over uh, depleted Purdue. How the folks? Uh, yep. How can they reach you? Just call 800-400-9741. Give them the LSU-Purdue game on me. Uh, 800-400-9741, and we lowered the price, double down December. 37 bowl games starts tomorrow morning at 10.30 your time in the morning, all the way through December 31st. All of December in the bowl games, 37 of them, two weeks of the NFL. We've only had three losing weeks also in the NFL, normally 397 just $197. You want to have some fun? We've had three out of four winning bowl seasons last four years, just one place. ParamountSports.com. Happy holidays, Lee Sterling. We'll talk to you Super Bowl week. Thank you. Sounds good, guys. Take care. Yep, you too. Lee Sterling, ParamountSports.com. All right, we'll come back in 15 minutes. Paul Allen, the voice of the Minnesota Vikings, will join us. Uh, and then Stephen M. Simple. A couple of uh, topics we want to get to with Sip. And then four of you will get a chance to play for some barbecue from our friends at Claxons. Our number two is next. It's Miller and Condon. We're on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO.